Hello, welcome to the Peter of Peter, episode 27. In this episode, I'll be talking about when in life are you truly satisfied? Also, I'll be talking about what would be the most effective use of your life in general. What uh, And third of all, I will consider... Um, things about myself I like and things that I wish were um, different and I'll self-evaluate. So brought to you by the Peter of Peter and I'll just update my Twitter, um, make sure the link is working and people can watch my podcast. Um, yep, it's all working, all live. Everything's good. So when in life are you truly satisfied? This is a weighted question. And I've thought of an answer to this. The answer is, think of something that you enjoy doing in your spare time. Think of your favourite thing of those things. So, for example, watching your favourite programme or watching your favourite podcast. And then when imagine that one thing. So for me, it would be listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Imagine that one thing and then go back to your life and think of what you're doing in your life. Say what you do in your day or how you're spending your time and think, would I want to interrupt what I'm doing and go and do my leisure activity instead and go and watch that podcast, something normal you do every day and if you feel like you would rather interrupt what you're doing and continue doing the podcast with no consequences like teleportation in like the separate realm of reality, if you would happily interrupt your life for your activity that you quite like doing every day and you would rather do the activity than that's quite normal and something you like doing and you'd rather do that than what you're currently engrossed in in your life then you've got a problem. Then what you're doing in your life isn't gripping enough, isn't meaningful enough if you'd rather watch YouTube. So for example, if you're at work and you're finding it boring and you'd rather just be at home watching YouTube, that work isn't fully satisfying. So that means that when you're truly satisfied, you would, when you're doing the thing you're doing, in that moment, there's nothing else that you would rather do. There's nothing that could persuade you from doing that other thing. And I think that is a little indicator of true satisfaction. So you could be in work and you could be really passionate and really driven and happy that what you're doing is meaningful and you would rather do that than anything else. And then also, for example, if the thing you're doing is meaningful enough that you feel like you need to be there, then that in a way is also a satisfying thing. And because if you really don't care about what you do and would rather be doing anything else, like watching YouTube or a podcast or something, then, then, then what you're doing in the present moment isn't satisfying enough. And a good life... I think is the 
combination of moments when you're feeling truly satisfied and the longer you can um, live a life where those things are fulfilling and satisfying and those moments happen more regularly then the the more you're getting out of life so the next question that i would pose to myself is um what constitutes a good meaningful life what is your purpose and i'm a little bit biased because i believe in god i think that life is all about that but let's forget about that for the, for the time being saying we're going from a a um a secular perspective what is the non-religious um universal way of looking at life and I would say it's like being in that moment, that satisfying moment, when you wouldn't wish to escape from it, and having those moments, but also that on a more grander scale, when you're having a life which is so meaningful and great that you wouldn't change a thing about your life, you wouldn't rather it be tweaked, you wouldn't rather someone else's life. And when you can have a sense that your life is the best possible ex existence and you don't look towards others and other people's lives and what they have and wish, oh, it'd be better if I had this. If, you, if you're content in your life and you'd wish for no other life and if you're at the end of your life and you are happy with how it's gone and just be fully satisfied with your life and wish for no other life i think that is a true indication of a valuable life and that's what we should aim for and some people think you know i hear people say on the films and stuff they want legacy they want you know an impact on the world and i don't know how important that is because once you're dead, you're dead sort of thing. So you really have got to have an impact while you're alive. And then you can be comfortable knowing that that impact continues. And that's a little nice addition. And I probably can't say that quite yet, that my life has had impact enough while I'm living to for me to be happy for it to be over. So I think, and I'm not, and to be honest, I don't think I'll ever get to that stage where I think, oh, I've lived a good life. There's always, I always want more. So yeah, anyway, so that's about what is a true indication of satisfaction in life is when you're in the moment and you care and, and enjoying the moment enough for escaping not to be in that better option that's true satisfaction and the second thing i've said is um you know wanting to live no other life than your own and feeling like you've done the, done the best and your life is the best there is for you that's like a true you know completion and contentment and satisfaction with your life as a whole and the last question that i posed myself 
as as part of you know the Peter repeating podcast. Um, <laughs> and then I've got thirty minutes to talking about tea, how my tea's cold. But the last thing is talking about myself, what I like about myself, what I would change. What I like about myself is my patience. I think that's good because I I can I can really wait for stuff and I I can I think it's more about listening to people and being patient with them and just always being someone I I can talk to people when I'm patient enough to um you know to to listen to someone and feel like I'm enjoying their company and, and they feel that and they resonate with it. So my patience, so that could be talking to someone who's talking something that you find completely uninteresting or you disagree with, but you're patient enough just to sit them out and stay there and enjoy the moment. And Jordan Peterson says, always talk to people um, with the expe- with the expectation that they can teach you something that you don't know. Everyone you talk to knows something that you don't. So that can give you some emphasis of why you should be talking to people and listening and caring, even if you think it doesn't really matter. So patience is I quite like about myself. Um, I will get to things I don't like. Um, but listening is a similar thing. Just listening. I listen to everyone. I do a lot of listening. I care about people. You know, in the classroom, I'd listen to everyone. I'd get to know people from a distance. Sounds a bit stalkerish, but you know, I'd get to know people, and and then I could engage in the class. When you know, the popular kids are just having their own conversation. You can like listen, and that's that's a big element of school. Watching, listening to the popular kids talk. You know, because the popular kids were the people that were in the right friendship groups and ha- had a, you know, and did a lot of talking. Yeah, so listening to the popular kids and engaging and getting a feel for the conversation and a feel for people's character and getting to know people by listening. I, I think I'm good at listening and um, that's a skill I have. Um, so patience is listening. Um, I might run out of <laughs> right, might run out quickly of good things to say. Um, I think I I've got loyalty. I am very loyal. If I um like someone, I like them for for a very long time, um, and that's a good thing. So there's there's the loyalty, um, and also um. You know, well, I think faith, I've got faith in God. That's probably a good quality of mine. Although some people think that's useless, but between me and God, um, assuming we're both real, you know, faith faith is a good aspect of um, my, my connection with God and stuff. So it's patience, listening loyalty faith they're, they're good attributes i say are unique to me i'm not just like putting random attributes and thinking oh yeah i'm that i'm caring on oh, this and that like i don't think i'm particularly caring um something bad i'll get to in a minute 
other things I'm good at, um, creative, I would, I would say I'm creative, um, funny, funny, yeah, I have been funny in my life, I haven't got always, always got the energy, but funny, creative, um, unique, I think I'm unique, um, good at dancing, good, very, very good at dancing, freestyle dance, not like any particular form of dance, and I think freestyle dance is really the, the authentic type of dance, training to dance is cheating, freestyle is like a true indication of, of your movement and everything, because anybody can learn a move and a routine, but then some people freestyle dance with all their moves and that's a blurred lines. And I suppose I, I do try and pick up some freestyle moves, but then I'm making it up myself. I just can't wait to go to a wedding so I can do all my dancing really. My sister's getting married. I hope, hope that goes ahead because of um, the um, current lockdown, not because she might break up with her fiance. Yeah, I want a wedding to dance to, really. Dance at. That would be cool. Um, last time I danced was at my last wedding. <laughs> no. I've, I've been to parties and stuff. Um, nightclubs. Maybe they're not parties. Anyway, good at dancing. I should probably do more of dancing. Um, and then I, I'm hardworking. Um, hardworking I am which is um, useful for academic type stuff. Um, I don't get up. Um, I care about doing the work and what did I, what did I just say? I don't, I don't give up here. I care about doing the work and um, um, work hard to learn stuff. And that helped me get good grades. I probably need to adjust my camera because because I have to lean back quite far out of my chair to um to get the right height. Yeah, so I've I've listed a lot of good things about myself. Um and then I'm quite um logical is that the word? Good at maths. Well, you know, when I, when I did maths, I was, I was good at maths. You know, out of a few people I was, I was good, continued to be good, it's, it's encouraging, hard working, maths, science, I, I'm quite good at understanding stuff, and um, and also quite philosophically minded, um, this is um, the name everything good about yourself and one thing bad about yourself challenge. Um, <laughs> I get I can start a hashtag and get it viral with my three hundred followers. Yeah, so um just um look at the camera. Um yeah, good thing, bad thing. Oh yeah, yeah, philosophical. So I wrote a book that I'm currently editing. Um it's live on the Kindle store and Unbelievable God, so I wrote a book. Um, had stuff to say about God that that's good and the impact of that ha I haven't hasn't happened yet because um people have oh no I put tea on my phone people haven't read 
my book so it might it might be a year's time people read it and they're like oh you've done such a good job with your book and particularly when I have edited and I can um, I can get rid of all the mistakes all the spelling mistakes and stuff make it a lot a lot easier to read so I've named a lot of good things about myself let's go for one thing bad about myself um, it would be now this is this is a lot harder <laughs> it would be um, I, I wouldn't say it's something I need to change about myself but the one thing bad about myself is my um hmm probably probably my inability to make friends <laughs> that's a bad thing to say about myself there you have it inability to make friends i find it very difficult and i've seen people that they um they're floating in the world of um friendships and sometimes they move friendship groups and they work hard to get into a new friendship group and they have like no shame and i'm like i can't do that i can't act a certain way and then there's been many times in my life that i've um had not really had a friend yeah that i'm around but what's quite nice is that people like you um, when they see you because I met somebody from school and he, he like shook, shook my hand and handshake and it was very nice to me it's like oh cool what are you up to and that that was really cool so people people are nice and they um, recognize you when when they meet you and stuff There's probably lots of people like that um, yeah, this, I won't go into details. How how many friends have I had, um, you know, during my secondary school? I had one, two, I won't count very high, so it won't take long. One, two, three, four, this is a boring podcast. I had about, I don't know, maybe eight friends over eight years sort of thing roughly and um people i speak to and you know the people i get friendly with but i'm talking about like people you can spend lunch time with is that's that is the meaning of, of school life having someone to spend lunch time with all those kids who've got someone to hang out with at lunchtime or a friendship group we're so fortunate i wouldn't say never give it up because sometimes it's more important to be yourself and be comfortable than being a part of a friendship group but if you've got friends and you like them just um, make the most of it and keep in contact yeah so so some people like that they, they have friends and they um, have people to hang out on lunch with and I um, <laughs> I not like that there are friends and um, I talk to myself in my room 
No, I, I, I do have friends. Yeah. Anyway, but what can I do during this lockdown? Looking forward to college because I can have friends, hopefully, have a podcast buddy. That would be really nice to have someone I can do podcasts with and someone I can, um, someone I can talk to and make jokes with. And there's only about 20 people on my course. So <laughs> I might not find anyone I like. I'll make do. Yeah. I've been in situations where there's usually someone you like. Out of five people, you usually like one of them. So I like some of them. Yeah. Have someone to eat lunch with at college. I'll be very keen. Can I eat lunch with you? I'll just say it straight up. Because you don't want to be without a lunch, buddy. I know it like um the older you get at work and stuff, everyone each eats lunch alone. Oh that reminds me I had a friend at work, that's pretty cool. I forget about that. You're having a friend at work to eat lunch with. So I am capable. Um I have the ability to make friends and eat lunch with them. Just sometimes sometimes it's difficult. Like when I um I try to look at the camera, but it's very difficult because I'm on my lap. <laughs> yeah, not many people can say that. My phone's on my lap with my screen. I just have it there to make sure it's working, and then I look down at it all the time. Yeah, so friends. Yeah, I moved down a year, so that was a bit hard. Moving down a year doesn't equate to keeping with your friends very long. Yeah, but it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't, it really wasn't, <laughs> it was okay. I got A-levels, move along. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, school really isn't about the grades and the qualifications. When I think about school, I don't think about, oh, that exam I did at the end of it and the qualification I got, I think about all those lessons I had at school and all those lunch times I had with and without friends and it's just crazy and um, and now it's all done. Now I can't do any more of it. Um, but university to the win. Going to university and having enough money and stuff. Why did I say that? Having. <laughs> I was, it's why I'm thinking all the time, but I shouldn't think about money. Money is completely. I just don't like it. I don't like the fact that you're always thinking about it and I try to think about less and less and I do which is good but yeah it's just it's a bit difficult like National Trust they want my money National signed up for another year of National Trust during this lockdown <laughs> support supporting the gardens loyal supporter yeah I suppose it's um, just what you have to do really, you have to support the National Trust when you can, and it's just, it's just easier. So about this, um, you know, podcast, <laughs> what about it, it's just, it's good, it's good. So what I've learned from today is that 
I like the idea of school. I really like school. I like the idea of having people to eat lunch with. And I think I've learned my lesson and I've grown up a bit because the um when I had a little college course, three day course, I made sure I ate lunch with this guy. And um I'm proud of myself for doing that. Eating lunch with people. Who would have thought? I, th I think I've from learned because when you're in a new environment and everyone's meeting some people for the first time, like at the start of secondary school, it's a lot easier to make friends with everyone. You can make friends with everyone and you're all on a level playing field and you can eat lunch with each other and there's a little bit of wiggle room. And But when everyone's in their friendship groups and they've been friends for years and you're like new to the scene, it's like really difficult. So that's like one of my best friends in my life um, in primary school. They moved in new to the school in year one and then I, I um, made friends with them. So I sort of took advantage of someone not having a close friend and I made friends with them. So that was good. I'd rather have friends in primary school than secondary school. Because if you have friends in primary school, that's when you're young and that's when things matter. And having a friend then is pretty cool and I think is an important part of being a nice, happy person. But having friends in secondary school is also pretty useful. Most people just have friends in primary, friends in secondary, and then when they move out of friendship groups, they, they make new friends, and yeah. Those people I looked at school and thinking, oh, you're a bit desperate for making that friendship group. You're real try hard. And those are the people now in their, in their friendship groups and everything. Yeah, it's, it's funny how things, how things work and uh, how everything pans out. So in this podcast, I asked myself three questions off the top of my head and I answered them. That filled up about 20 minutes. So let's fill up another 20 minutes. And this podcast is not just a case of filling up the 20 minutes, you know. You know, there's more, <laughs> there's more to life. There's more, I mean, there is more to life in this podcast, but there's more to this podcast than just filling up the time. You know, there's a real... Anyway, I'll just fill up the time. Um, questions I can ask myself. Let's shoot. Um, right. If you could have one opportunity in life, what would that opportunity be and why? Okay, one opportunity in life. What would the opportunity be and why? Let's not think about personal relationships because obviously I'm just gonna say on oh, a wife that I like. <laughs> you know. That's that's my um initial thing to say. You know, I want a wife I want, that I like, that I'm in love with. That's all I care about. But take away that, one opportunity in life, what would it be? It would be to I wouldn't necessarily just wanna be on Joe Rogan's podcast 
because I wouldn't necessarily have anything interesting to talk about. But at the moment, I can't really think of an opportunity better. Like, um, I could get knighted by the Queen, could become a sir, could have my mass looked over by Cambridge and have um, a theory or something, or I could get my book done by a proper publisher. But it would have to be, without doubt, because loads of people go on Joe Rogan without you really knowing them, um, it would be an episode with Joe Rogan. That'd be pretty cool. And then that would boost my, um, it would boost my um, YouTube and I'd have good conversation. Now, what would I talk about with Joe Rogan? Because people talk about things they talk about. I wouldn't talk about my stand-up com comedy career because I don't have one. So I wouldn't be one of those people. Because sometimes when Joe Rogan has a comedian, if they're not an interesting comedian, they'll just talk about their stand-up comedy career and they won't talk about anything else, which is a little bit annoying. I'm trying to pick up this pen without moving my face off the screen. Yeah, so opportunity, yeah, Joe Rogan, what to talk about Joe Rogan. For those of you who don't know, Joe Rogan is the greatest podcaster of all time, arguably, and has a big following. Stand-up comedian in LA, Los Angeles. And uh, I might have to leave this pen on the floor. I've got so much stuff on my floor that this pen is the most important part of it. Okay, I've got it in between my toes. Uh, that'll do it. I'm still in. Pen, brilliant. Uh, for those listening, <laughs> just picked up a pen. Right, yeah, so Joe Rogan, what we talk about? I talk about God. I think that'd be interesting. Talk about DMT. That's what we like to talk about. Have some weed. Talk about the, uh, the universe and everything and um, make, make the most out of life and and everything like that. Yeah, talk about different things. Um, yeah, we could talk. I don't know if I'd, I wouldn't like to talk about the economics. And it tends to be that boring people on Joe Rogan, he just talks about his own thing and will start off his own conversation topic. And I know you kind of need to do that to have something to say in general. But I, I like to it'd be an equal footing to and fro podcast. Because what would be really annoying if I had a podcast with Joe Rogan and he, like, cut it short because it was boring. You know, if I want a Joe Rogan podcast, the true test of a good podcaster is you over three hours. If you're under three hours and he says, oh, we've been on air for three hours, he's had enough. If you're two hours or an hour you're a busy person you can't fill up the time understandable but if you're two two hour, two and a half hours that's such a kick in the teeth you're a boring podcaster Joe Rogan doesn't want you on very long but if it's like a three hour over three hour podcast then you've, you've had a good time and that's just fact of life and in, in terms of my podcast I just talk about stuff I'm interested in. But yeah, me and Joe Rogan, we could talk about 
um, God. We talk about whether he exists. And I think that's what would go on about because I, I would get onto my podcast with um with my book and I'd be talking about that. Um, but uh, but it'd be nice to have some jokes and talk about something funny. Um, all these things are possible. Um, yeah, I can't say for sure that that would definitely happen. But for the time being, I am about how many subscribers away from Joe Rogan? About. 10 million subscribers away from going on Jerry's podcast. You have to be an interesting person to get on his podcast. You have to be well renowned in some way. And the, the, all these things are possible because um, people, like I say his name again, Joe Rogan wasn't famous when he was my age. So, you know, people build their careers and they make a name for themselves. So it could be when I'm 30. I'll be part of the intellectual dark web, have guests on my podcast, and it'll be like the Peter or Peter episode 704, Richard Dawkins, he might not still be alive, or episode 4205 um, with James A. Caster. Just and then we we'll talk about funny stuff. That's a dream. I have a job where I'm just talking to people. Dream, just straight up dream. I need to put all my eggs into this hypothetical basket. Put all my lockdown time into this podcast. Put everything I've got into it. And then eventually I'll, you know, you know, just a couple of years of hard grafting. I could get like million, million subscribers. It's possible. It's been done before. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Or what will happen is I'll um, stop with this podcast quite soon anyway. So usually I look at the Twitter to see how long I've been on this podcast for. And then I try to squeeze out an extra few minutes. Um, Yes, (laughs) we've got to squeeze out a few minutes. Um, Let's ask myself another question and we'll answer it. And it won't be Joe Rogan related. Probably. Um, okay, let's think. Um, if I could um, have a government, what would it look like? Now, Russell Brand had an interesting idea. Would be have a government that sort of got not much power at all. And the power of the world and life and everything um, wouldn't be as centralised as being in one place where, like it is now, where we're, we're all told to stay inside and we have to stay inside. And the world is very much like a centralised power where there's someone, a government, that can just tell you what to do. So Russell Brand had the idea that you wouldn't have that. It'd be like a decentralised um, government and you would have like little communities, little tribes that um, are self-governing Maybe a tribe of like 150 or 1,000 people living in one place, like a little village, self-governing and make up their own rules and live how they want to. And then obviously you've got to try and make it sure that everyone lives relatively in harmony. So you'd have the government for, you know, in, you know, helping out with peace and prosperity and making the world like a good place to be in and everything. 
so they so they would maybe they would meet the basic needs of the population ensure that the agriculture and housing and everything and there's but all of the things you know that affect our lives day to day like our um you know um what our jobs are and um you know what our schools are like and what are taught in the schools all these things individually um different aspects different areas of lives within the the community um self-governs and figures out what they want so if a community wanted to teach about um you know banana pajamas you know as a part of a um history lesson and then then they could do that i couldn't think of that for example um <laughs> but yeah if they could just uh teach what they want at school and then you could do what you like at work and have a little safe haven and and then you feel like a part of the community and you help out and rather than just being one of millions of votes that choose between two parties that ultimately you have no control over you know instead of just being a very small part of a very big machine which isn't governed by the people really at all instead of the world we live in right now with with labor and conservative instead of that you have little communities little tribes where everybody um has a say in what happens in their little tribe and you just have like a little village but you still have an interconnected community um with the whole world like there'd still be the internet and there'd still be but they ne wouldn't necessarily be um governments like it is now um because the whole idea of like countries you basically have that but on a much smaller scale so you'd feel like you're able to influence the way we live because really there's big disconnect between the way we live and um who decides how we live and we don't we don't have any say over what our jobs are and what what everything means yeah so so all these things work together and um <laughs> i could i can hear my i can hear myself i can see hear my dad listening to me it's great anyway so so we we don't at the moment we don't have a say over our lives and this government would be on a much smaller scale within the community like a little village hall where you could all your idea could actually get listened to and how we live our lives and and the way we um the things that are important to us we could actually have control over so that sort of russell's brand's idea of like smaller communities in a um, much larger system that doesn't have such a gut power centralized thing and other things that's the whole government side the the other thing would be would be how um what what our life is revolves revolves around and what is an important aspect of it all um so at the minute what people care about is um consumerism and money and all things like that and really those things are not um, i'm just looking at my phone sorry yeah those things are not the most crucial things what really matters is health and community and friendship 
and the people that care for people and are really important and run society should benefit the most and it shouldn't be the people that profit the most over other people's consumer lifestyles and materialism and it shouldn't be Jeff Bezos with all the money it should be the people that do the most well goodwill and the man may not even be um money so to speak you know but there might be but it, it wouldn't be like an, an important aspect of life i just think there, there's a better way of doing things where people can um, focus on what is important like um good health and caring for people and it will be people like the nurses and the people like the um, key workers actually look after people those would have the most wealthy and fullest lives because they actually do the most good and if we instead of focusing on capitalism money and consumerism and all these conceptual things that aren't true to our core essence instead we would it would be better if our life was focused about things that matter to us like community love compassion friendship trust prosperity and all these good things and we can have an economy that doesn't look at numbers it looks at um good deeds and that would be my idea of um a um better society and i think i have filled up my peter repeating with a good amount of time and i'm fa fairly happy with that Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Join me tomorrow in the Peter Peter. Bye for now.